Hey, welcome to the Business Workshop Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be going over going full-time in your business, whether you are on the fence of going full-time or you just need that extra push to help make your decision. Hopefully, this episode will uh, provide a little insight. I also want to go over five key elements that helped me when I went full-time and why I think they are so important in order to succeed in making that jump. Being your own boss and wanting to create your own brand is becoming more and more popular. Everyone wants to be their own boss and make their own rules, but a lot of those people aren't really sure how to get started or they jump the gate too soon and they end up making too many mistakes that they really can't come back from super easily once they are established. I know I'm still young. I'm not saying I know everything, but I do know enough to put in my two cents on my experience and things I've seen and heard about from other small business owners in my area. I'm going to go over five elements to help me and that I think are beneficial to starting your own business. The first step would to obviously make sure you are doing what you want to do. Make sure your mind and heart is in the same spot and you are passionate about whatever it is you are wanting to do. If you don't have passion or you are just looking for a get-rich-quick plan, I hate to break it to you, but there is no such thing. In order to be successful, you have to be invested in your business 110%, and the other part is finding your niche 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 i'm gonna say niche i've always said niche a niche will help set you apart from everyone else who does what you do uh you have to you have to really stand out in your business and it's so cliche to say but it is i can't even really rank it it's just so important to stand out you want people to if you're playing jane with your business and every you know you don't really separate yourself you're gonna have a harder time trying to find customers trying to build a business um, not to say you can't do it, it, it will just take a little bit longer. For me, my niche in my business is maintenance. I do lawn care, landscape installs, retaining walls, paper patios, I do all of that. But where we stand out is our maintenance plans. We have maintenance plans available for all of our customers that allow our customers to sit back and relax and never have to worry about their landscaping needs. We stand out because not all landscapers in my area do that. They don't think there's any money in it, which is silly because there definitely is. But they rather go and build patios or go cut grass full time every day for five to six days a week, which is fine. I mean, we do too, but by offering the maintenance plans, it provides more value and opens the door to potentially get more work down the line, either from the homeowner or a relative or a friend of the homeowner. Um, let me just let me give you an example just to kind of help connect the dots and make the point very clear. Let's say I have a customer that we cut grass for every week and one day they stop and they discuss ripping out their existing landscaping and installing a new more updated landscape. I go draw the design and put the estimate together and get back with the customer and they love it and want to move forward with it. We now mow their yard and we have installed a new landscape around their home. Once the install is complete, I offer the homeowner a maintenance plan. I offer the homeowner maintenance plans to choose from. I don't force them. I don't try to upsell them. I just simply give them the option that, hey, you know, this is something we do. If it's something you're interested in, we can take care of your landscape. No worries. Just, you know, a little extra money, however often you decide to set us up. And that's pretty much it. From there, you really don't have to worry about it. Um, and a lot of times they agree. They don't want to 
they don't want to uh, mess around with their landscape. They don't, you know, they're busy running their own stuff or with kids and family and stuff. And it's understandable. I mean, especially if you really don't know what you're doing, you just kind of go out there and just hack up the bushes once a year and call good. Then, you know, have someone professionally do it for a little bit extra, uh, however often you choose. I think it's worth it. So our maintenance plans are uh, the most popular ones pretty much in the spring. We clean it up. We trim the bushes, put new mulch down in the summer. So our one of our popular plants is in the spring. We clean up the landscape. We trim the bushes back, uh, put some new mulch down, pull weeds, such as things like that. In the summer, we might give the shrubs a little quick trim if they need it, or um, if they have like an event, like a graduation party or a Fourth of July party, something to kind of keep the landscape nice and fresh looking. Maybe pull some weeds, and then in the fall we come back clean the leaves up out of the beds, pull weeds, cut back any plants, and trim any shrubs again if needed. It makes the spring cleanup a little easier and quicker, and most importantly, a little bit cheaper for the homeowner. Doing all of this might sound like a lot of work, but the homeowner doesn't have to worry about it. Like I said, they can literally spend their time on anything else, and if you're, if you're, if you're providing a value such as this, most of the time they're going to take it. People want easy things not shitty things they just want a more efficient convenient way uh to do things that's why everything's so automated and so watered down it's a win-win for both you and the homeowner you want to stand out so do things that will make you stand out research and study the environment of your business and see where you can excel and help out more than a, a competitor would be able to or even offer something that not other companies are really doing, or if at all. The second step would to be to start small. Don't just quit your nine to five good paying job to be a YouTuber. While it is possible, it is not a smart thing to do. You want to treat your dream or your hobby like your little side hustle. You want to give it attention. Don't make it your sole focus where you start lacking in other aspects of your life, but you want to treat it just as important as anything else. Um, Basically, start small. Start building up a portfolio, get some products, get a customer base, build your support, make a few sales, whatever you need to do to get your name out there and get started. By doing this, you are getting your brand out there and making yourself become more known before you really step out on your own and your livelihood depends on it. For me, I worked at another landscaping company as a crew foreman during the day and after work and on weekends. I'd go out and do my landscaping, whether it be cutting grass, putting down mulch, ripping bushes out, whatever the job might have been. It was a lot of work and it was a lot of sacrifice because, you know, there's times I really, I would leave my house at 7.45, 7.30 in the morning. I wouldn't get back home till 9 o'clock in the summer, basically when it was getting dark. And, you know, I wouldn't see my girlfriend sometimes for, you know, a week or two, sometimes more. I'd have to eat out or just pack a super big lunch. Uh, and it's just small things, you know. It's things that you do every day or every week that once you start doing differently, you notice, but you're also not noticing, if that makes sense. Like, um, I was so used to going out to eat, you know, two, three times a week with my girlfriend and then doing that when I was working after I got off my my full-time job. It was weird because it was like I'm eating, you know, shit I packed, you know, 13 hours ago and it's still 
tastes right, but you're not really thinking about it either because you're also working. You just are constantly working, and then it's you look up and the sun's down, and it's getting dark, and it's like, shit, I should probably go home and, you know, relax. And it's those times where you're driving home, and it's 9 o'clock at night, you've been working all day, whatever it is. But uh, for me, it was more labor-intensive. You're driving home, you're exhausted, you're filthy, you're just nasty and you really think about those times like damn like I really did a lot today you know I feel really accomplished I'm exhausted but my favorite quote is I'd rather be tired than broke so that's kind of how I live and uh once you start getting yourself in that mindset it really becomes easy you almost kind of prefer to do that over going out and partying or doing something stupid every week so like I said, it was a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice, but it got my name out there and built a customer base as well as my experience. You have to be willing to put in the work and be successful. It won't be easy or fun at times, but I can promise you it will be worth it 100% of the time. The way I look at it is that if you are making as much, if not more, than your full-time job and you can find some type of security, then you will be fine to take the leap and start in your own company. But I'll dabble on that a little bit later. The third step would be to branch out and learn more. This ties into the second step, but I want to elaborate on this a little bit more because it is important to consistently learn and grow with your business. If you just learn the basics of whatever business you are looking to get into or you are looking to start, you aren't opening a wide variety of things that you can accomplish. By learning more, you are figuring out more ways to do things, how to market more, which is very important considering marketing strategies change very often and many other things that will help you run your business, grow to a bigger scale, managing employees and all of that when the time is right, of course. The other thing I can say is to network. You want to get to know the people in your area that are in the same industry as you and get to know how they do things. For example, I try to network with a lot of people in the green industry not just with landscapers, but with other contractors who may, who may do decks, lawn fertilization, snow removal, drainage work. There's a plethora of skills that I don't have that other people do have. And by networking, networking and building those relationships, I can refer to them if one of my customers needs something done and vice versa. It also allows you to learn. It, it also allows you to learn more. And maybe one day be able to even offer those types of services or skills. It works great for everyone involved. Just make sure you're networking and referring quality people. Because if you refer someone who takes advantage or doesn't run their business like they should, it could come back on you and possibly, possibly lose you a customer or two, worst case scenario. It's not likely, but the possibility is there and it can happen. I've seen it happen. Now you will get some people that don't want to network and build relationships with you because they may feel threatened or like you're trying to steal their business, and that's okay. Some people, the people that are like that, are just stuck in their ways, and the, you know, at least you can say you tried and put your effort in so no one can ever come back and say you didn't do the best you could. And I've seen that a lot with like older guys, older guys and um people who've been in the industry for a while are kind of set in their ways they don't want to help other people it's it's a doggy dog world kind of thing and um you just kind of have to live with it i mean it, it it is what it is if you do like their services if they do 
Um, like for me, I I try to talk to everyone, but if I the my lawn care fertilization guy that I refer to, I actually kind of have like somewhat of a relationship with. Very small, very nothing crazy, but um, even before I got to know him, I saw a lot of their work that they did, and I was referring them to people before I even knew them. So it worked. The fourth step is to make sure it is something you want to do and something you can see yourself doing in the long term. You don't want to bounce around from job to job or business to business because running a business is not easy. And all the everything that involves setting up a business and starting a business, it's just you don't want to do that a bunch of times. You have to have your mind made up. You have to be committed to your goals and your dreams within the business. And you have to be ready to sacrifice a lot of time, money, and energy. Like I said before, it won't be fun at times, and it may seem like it's not worth it or rewarding, but shortly it will be worth it 100%. Like I said before, it won't be fun at times, and it, like I said before, it won't be fun at times, and it might seem like it's not rewarding or worth it, but it will 100% pay off if you stick with it and give it your all. The last step I can recommend is to just take the leap. If all the previous criteria are met and you feel as confident and ready as you think you will be, even though this type of decision would never make you feel 100% confident, you will have some worry and you will have some doubts. But if you feel ready enough, then it's time to get out there and try it and put your hard work and effort into what you have been building for all this time. I like to make the comparison of when a baby bird leaves a nest for the first time they have their whole world ahead of them to explore and live their lives, but all they know is being comf comfortable and being taken care of and secure. They have to take the leap and learn to fly on their own in order to survive and to do what they want slash need to do. Just like your business, the possibilities are endless, but until you jump out of the nest, you will never know. It's okay to be scared. It's uncomfortable, but it's normal. Sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone in order to achieve and grow. But that is how you adapt. So jump out of the nest and crush your dreams and your goals. I know this was a lot of information, but I'm telling you this will help you start off a little bit better instead of just jumping and trying to figure it out as you go. Even though you have no experience or knowledge, it's better to try and fail than to never try at all. Let it be known though that once you do start full-time, it is not smooth sailing from there. You have to keep working and growing. By going full-time, you are renting success, and rent is due every single day. And it's constantly, it's go time every single day. Until you are established and you are a large company, almost like a corporation or maybe not a corporation, but a big entity where you don't have to worry about it, you will have to work pretty much every day, uh, whether it be marketing, uh, sales, pro making products, if that's part of your business, uh, whatever it might be, you have to, you have to be doing something daily, if not every other. So I hope this episode helps clear things up for you and helps you identify what you, what you need to do to at least get started and get yourself out there. With that being said, that'll do it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, leave us a five-star review and recommend us to your friends and anyone you know who may be in the same spot. Um, stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about social media and the importance of it as a small business owner. 
Thanks for listening. See you.